Void here. Quick editor's note. I messed up my microphone settings for the first 15 minutes of this podcast, but the first 15 minutes is BJ talking about running and I tried to be quiet because I very quickly realized I messed up my microphone settings and then I fixed them by the time I actually had things to say. That's it. Fair warning. Now time for the podcast. Welcome to the Geek Teak Podcast where we are a duo again. We're not that dynamic, though. We do we do the same thing. No, that's okay. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beige. We do that out of order. Man, we're just thrown off for the week off. <laughs> we are. This this week is just blah. Uh, today, we are talking about, well, a bunch of different things, because we're playing catch-up since you were gone last week. But I wanted to start off talking about your run, because I know every time <laughs> you go to a run like this, you always come back with stories. So instead of trying to cram it into Geekery at the end, let's just talk about it. How'd it go? Okay. Okay. So it went really fantastically well, and it was completely terrible at the same time. So it's uh, like I haven't run. This was a 15K. It was a race in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, the hot chocolate 15K and 5K. Have you ever seen or heard those uh, heard of those anywhere around? No, these are everywhere. all words to me. Okay, well, they're they're this national race uh, series that uh, has it's either a 15k or a 5k, obviously. And their big gimmick is that you uh, get sweet stations along the way instead of just water stations. So they'll give you candy as you run, and at the end they give you a giant finishers mug that is full of chocolate fondue, uh, hot chocolate uh, that's already made. It's just it's a cup of hot chocolate that you can drink immediately. Um, and the fondue is made and melted with marshmallows, Rice Krispie treats, pretzels, yogurt-covered pretzels, all this stuff to be able to refuel. You had had these cinnamon cookies in it, and so your it it's your gimmick to uh, or your incentive to go is this gimmick of getting to eat all these sweets all the time. So like people flock to this, and I had posted on my uh, my running shoes TV uh, Facebook page that, about how much I love medals. Like I love race medals. Like I. I really, really love race medals. And like I my my niece had said I did this race last year where they gave out a hoodie as part of it. I'm like, I want a hoodie. And she sent me the link and they had these pullovers. And so we were able to uh, because it was a charity run, get our entry fee uh, reimbursed uh, through through an organization that that my niece works with. And we uh, we were really excited. And we went up there and uh I decided to do the 15K because I looked at my training schedule for the half marathon for the Star Wars half marathon uh, at Disney in April, and it was going to be an eight mile run this week. And so it was a 9.3. And I was like, I can do whatever I can do a nine mile if I can do an eight mile and uh, ended up deciding to do it. And Jennifer decided to go up and do the 5K as well. And uh, it was awful and awesome. What was okay? So I saw some pictures and I talked to you about it a little bit, but what was, I guess, what was the awful part of it? Okay, so it was raining, like, the entire time that uh, Jennifer and I decided to stay in uh, um, the Marriott the night before and drive up because Nashville is about two, two and a half hours from us. And we decided just to take a vacation or a vacation, not a vacation, a Valentine's Day trip, uh, make it that as well. Spend the night in a decently nice hotel, get a late checkout so we could come back and uh, take a shower afterwards, that kind of thing. And uh, when it started raining uh, and being forecast to rain, we were like, you know, if it rains, then we'll uh, just you know stay in the hotel and just have a uh, you know a nice cuddly 
Valentine's Day morning, uh, Saturday morning in the hotel. And uh, it was raining, but we went anyway because it was just kind of like sprinkling and just lightly raining. And we ran in, we met up with our people and we went and did all this. And it was raining and mildly uncomfortable, but then it kind of lightened up. And it's about 40 degrees uh, at this point. I mean, and for us, you know, you know me, when it's 40 degrees, I am cold, dude. I am like freezing. Like you're right now thinking like that shorts weather and I am, I, we're is. ready no, to I die. I was legitimately like, like just, we had a 40, almost 40 degree day last week. And like okay. I took off my coat and all my long sleeves and I was walking around in a t-shirt and it was so nice. So I can nice. imagine. And it's it's weird how it's how it's so relative to us because I have a forty degree race and we're thinking about you know that maybe we shouldn't do this and I'm wearing my leggings which I never actually wear to run my running tights and uh, so Jennifer is in in a, a hoodie and a, and her pullover and when we get there and it's raining we uh, one of our friends gives us a poncho to wear just a thin you know plastic thing like thinner than a garbage bag but it helps so we're doing this and it just keeps on raining and I keep telling everybody it's like if you know I signed up for the 15k and that's the only way I get the medal and that's why I wanted to do this but if you know it's raining I hate this I've only ever run uh seven miles in the rain was the longest I'd ever run and I hated it I swore I was never going to do it again I am dainty and I hated it and it was miserable and I was like if it's still raining at whenever I get to the uh, 5k mark instead of splitting off to where the 15k goes I'm just going to go around get my chocolate and we'll just hang out and do whatever and it was like okay yeah that's great so i get to the cutoff for the 15k and it's it's lightly raining it's not really doing a lot and i'm like i can do this and with famous last words and uh, um it was a hold my beer moment and uh so i go down and it stops raining for a while and it's great and you know we're going through nashville streets i've been on before just driving down downtown uh everything's great passing by uh crispy cream donuts uh going to the water stations uh getting like little cupfuls of chocolate chips and m&ms chocolate chips don't work as uh as good run fuel to me like they have a weird texture uh, to be actually eating while I'm running, but M and M's, man, I just want packs of M and M's to eat while I'm running. Like that was delicious. That was delightful. And so it starts to rain like really hard about halfway through this, and it does not let up. And so about four, four and a half miles of this nine are just downpour raining, and uh, it is completely and totally miserable. Like, I can't see. My my glasses are fogged up, uh, and I'm pretty much blind without them. So I'm, like, looking over the top to see where the colors of people are. Uh, I'm staring down at the road under them to make sure I don't hit potholes and puddles. And... uh, uh, so I'm running and other people are just as miserable and it's not just me and uh, my shirt gets completely plastered to my chest and uh, I'll tell you about that in a little bit but I'm just like soaking wet like poured like like I am literally as wet as I would be if I were uh, had just got out of a swimming pool uh, and so it was but I did it I did it you and did I got it. I mean my, that's the main I thing did, 
Yeah, I did it. I got my medal, and I was thinking the entire time, and I know it's really stupid, but it's like uh, I'm going through like, I'm really earning this medal this time. Like, I'm more proud of getting this 15K medal than I was when I finished the half marathon that I did. Wow. Like, I am, I just have this 15K medal sitting. It is actually sitting beside me as we record this, just so I've been looking at it for a couple of days because I'm so proud of that one because of the rain. Like, the distance is great. Like, I'm proud of myself. I haven't run this distance in like four years like no not four uh three and a half years ish since october i think 2014 was the last time i really ran anything uh that long because i injured myself and and i was i was an idiot and uh but so i'm it's an accomplishment for me i'm proud of that but it's like the rain it's like i defeated the rain it is like it didn't get the better of me and so i just i'm so proud of it and i had been talking to a guy on twitter on uh my my running shoes tv account and there's a a running company called bibrave which uh does a a hashtag bib chat uh for runners a couple of times a week and uh, i was just talking to one of the guys who's one of their ambassadors and uh, he said he was going and doing uh, the nashville one as well and as we were about two tenths of a mile maybe a quarter of a mile from the finish line i look up and i see the, this big orange bib rave hat and uh his shirt that says uh heart attack survivor and on the back of it and i just kind of walk up and i'm like Corey, and he looked over. Was like, yeah, and it was just uh, so weird that we were running about the same pace and just about crossed the finish line at the same time. We shook hands, we talked as we ran, uh, commiserated on the uh, on how terrible the weather was, and that we had stepped in uh, these giant puddles and soaked our shoes just solidly, and we were squishing. And uh, but it, it was the kind of thing that makes me really glad to be a runner. Is just you meet somebody, you talk, and you can run for for as long as you need to. And uh, shake their hands and just end the race smiling with a friend there and just make a friend who I've never known and just met him from Twitter on there. Like, hey, Corey. And then we just run and then we part ways like, have a good day kind of thing. It was it's awesome. Wow, that's so cool. That's awesome. I mean, and the shirt I mentioned just chafed my chest and I've been dealing with that for a couple of days. Like they the everybody had always said like there's runners body lubricant that you can get and i've never had to get it before and uh it is it is a miracle substance i'm so proud of uh being able to to have that and uh we went like i went to the bathroom and so this isn't going where you think it's going like i was soaking wet so my wife came and met me at the finish line uh which was really sweet of her because she was very angry about being there anyway like she didn't want to go do the run she wanted a cozy valentine's day uh morning in the hotel in a nice comfy warm hotel bed not 40 degree cold rain um and she was she had finished the race a little before my other friends our other friends who were there and uh, so she had to eat her as she put it i ate my fondue alone in the cold in the rain on a rock and uh it was uh like so she wasn't terribly happy with me this morning she came out and she saw me and we, she she helped me get all my stuff like at this point like i literally can't move my fingers to grab things and i can't feel my face because the cold rain has has actually made everything numb uh just from being out there for uh for uh almost two hours so it was uh it was interesting on that, but we go inside and we find our people and I have to go to the bathroom to dry off. Like I, we don't have any kind of, uh, any kind of towels or anything with us. Everything we, uh, everything that we brought has been soaked 
soaking wet and the only hoodie I have needs to be uh, actually used as a shirt. And so uh, so I go to the bathroom and I plan on stealing all of those brown paper towels. I'm like, I'm going to take all of them and I'm just going to dry myself off with these. So I go in there. There are no paper towels. It's a completely paperless oh, no. bathroom in the uh, farmer's market that, that where we're able to go. And there is a dude. And there is this dude with all of his stuff spread out in the bathroom. He has the, the baby changing table down. He has a duffel bag, running shoes and running clothes everywhere. And I just kind of come in. I'm like, there are no towels. And he looks like, what do you need? And I'm like, I'm just soaking wet. I was, like, I was just going to steal every paper towel that was in here and just wipe myself down. And he throws a ShamWow at at me or something wow. like that like nice. this like like two by two like super absorbent cloth and uh, he was like here you can use this and so like this this stranger whose name is rick by the way thank you rick if you happen to be one of our listeners and he uh <laughs> like we like i towel myself down and we stand and talk for a long time because he's got multiple pairs of running shoes down there and if you haven't noticed void i really like running shoes i didn't know that and, yes and and so I so I comment on them and it turns out one of them is my favorite pair of running shoes that I've had except a newer version the Ultra Olympus. And so we have to start talking about this and I start talking about how I'm in Hoka's now because the Olympus went to a straight trail shoe instead of a road hybrid and I need stability and all of this stuff and we have this like 15 20 minute conversation. Uh, other people are coming in and they're looking at us like because they're they're we're dudes and dudes don't talk in the bathroom. But here me and me and Rick are like having just a wonderful like we're best friends now talk. And uh, so, so eventually I draw off, hand him his towel back. Uh, we, we say our goodbyes, you know, shake hands and all this. And we I go meet Jennifer and uh, and our friends and I sit down and they're like, that took you a long time. And I'm like, yeah, I, and I told her what I just told you. And she's like. Of course you found somebody to talk to in the bathroom. <laughs> and uh, it's like, because that's what I do. I find people, like I've told you, where it's like, extrovert BJ wasn't asleep today. He talked to two strangers for 20 minutes each in the grocery store. It was that That's that's what I do when I'm places. So, uh, so I had a really, really good time at this. And uh, to reward myself, there is a little, uh, there, it's not little, it's a, a kind of a hipstery taco place in Nashville called Moss Tacos, por favor. And they are wonderful and delicious. Like they know what they're doing with tacos. And I, I we, we went in there and it's, uh, we, you place your order you wait in line and we had to wait in line for like an hour to get in there but it was like this is what i want i'm I'm starving and I, even after all the fondue and candy and everything and i see the menu board and they I, like i'm looking at this you know it's one of those hipster places where everything's in chalk and uh, painted and all all uh i don't want to say artistic but it's all stylized and pretty i'm just looking at them and they have six different kinds of tacos and i'm looking and deciding and I check my Garmin, uh, and I see that I burned about 1,500 calories during the run. And then the afterburn, which is 30% on top of that, uh, raised my metabolism. I'm just like, I'm going to eat one of every kind of taco they've got. So I ordered six tacos and a uh, and a, an ear of elote, uh, Mexican corn with cheese, uh, cotilla cheese on it. And it is, it was wonderful. Like that, just just topping off uh, a, a sweet run where eating M&Ms and fondue with six tacos and an ear of Mexican corn like it was a good day 
the rain was terrible. It was a good day except for what was terrible about it. <laughs> Sweet. Well, I'm glad that your run went well. Um, let's do a quick Geekery Offer of the Week and then get into Geekery because we have a bunch of like random stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, as always, you can go to audibletrial.com slash geek2geekcast and get a free book on us and it helps the podcast and everybody wins. And this week, uh, I actually listened to an entire book in one day this weekend. So wow. I have to recommend it. It's called Paradox Bound. Have you heard of it? No, I've never heard of this one. It is, hmm, um, again, this is one where I kind of have to give away the premise, otherwise there's nothing to talk about, but the premise is extremely yeah. early in the book. Um, it is a time travel story, and I am kind okay. of a sucker for time travel stories, even when they're not executed well, and I thought this one was done fairly well. It is about, it's, it's weird, because it's not just time travel, it's travel through American history, and... Huh. It, I mean, the way that it works and the mechanisms behind it are part of, like, figuring out the story, so I don't want to reveal too much. But essentially, it's about, like, different towns in different time periods and being able to go between, like, almost the highlights of the American history. And it kind of huh. goes a little bit into the future, too, and a little bit into the past. Uh, well, not a little bit in the past. It goes all the way back to, like, when the country was founded. And it has right. some stuff about, like, secret organizations and what is happening not not like super politically relevant what's happening in america but more about like um the american dream and like how the american dream has uh, changed and morphed over time but that tied in with time travel and i really liked it i mean like i said i listened to it in essentially one sitting um i paused a couple times to do other things that day but it was one day that was like what i was doing while i was playing monster hunter basically um that's crazy yeah so it was it's a really good book i i liked it on uh, audible anyway i didn't actually read any part of it i listened to the whole thing so paradox bound gets my recommendation i think it's one that i randomly saw on like a best of the year audiobook list which is why i ended up oh, getting yeah. it um and I'm, I'm really glad that i did so paradox bound and but you guys can get whatever any audiobook you want go to audibletrial.com slash geek to geekcast and everybody wins uh, i should also mention the network because i always like to mention the network i know that tea time with katie and chelsea this week they did uh, an episode on positive portrayals of mental illness in media which i thought was really interesting it's kind of like a tough topic to tackle but it was fascinating yeah. you know um geekitude with joe hogan did he he brought on officially i think we can officially say this now that he has a part-time co-host maybe not every episode but yeah i think i think that's what he put his part-time co-host yeah so ray oh what's his last name is it ray vargas, vargas? yeah ray vargas um is going to be on geekitude with joe more often than not now and they're still going to interview people. They're still going to reach out. But Joe thought it was time to have a new voice and kind of like a standing co-host. So this is their first episode officially announcing that. And they talked about Black Panther, which ties into the comic box this week where Rob and his wife went and watched Black Panther and came back and talked all about Black Panther and like the female characters in it. Um, so, oh, there's, yeah. yeah, it was a really, really good um, episode to listen to to kind of get that perspective on things. So. As always, listen to the network because the network is awesome. The Geek to Geek Podcast Network. I love it. Uh, okay, time for Weekly Geekery. Uh, you actually watched Black Panther, right? I did. Uh, have you seen it yet? No. I will get to it when I get uh, to it. I, it's hard to go to movies right now. Work is super busy. Oh, yeah. I mean, I totally understand. I've been the same way with, with work. And uh, I actually, this is, 
we've had superhero uh, fatigue recently, and I didn't even watch the Deadpool 2 trailer or the Ant-Man and Wasp trailer when they came out. And when I told Jennifer that, we were sitting in the theater for Black Panther with our friend Adam, and she looked at me and she's like, why do you hate the MCU so much lately? And I'm like, I don't. I'm just, I just don't care. And so we're sitting there seeing Black, Black Panther, and so I've been more excited about Black Panther than anything else recently. And it's magnificent that all of the praise that it's getting is absolutely deserved that this may be one of the best if not like the best this is at least a a top two or three marvel cinematic universe movie this one is just truly fantastic that everything about it they've done so well like everything feels that it was so crafted kind of like guardians of the galaxy when you have something that is almost completely removed from the normal Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe where they were really able to flesh out a world, Wakanda feels completely and totally organic and the relationships between the characters feel really natural and and that they're, they're genuine, that they have relationships with backstories already. And this one, I know you were afraid that this one was going to be an origin movie again because it was the first one in the series and it's not really i mean it goes into him becoming king because his dad is is dead but i mean that's that's really it in terms of the movie itself it's not structured like one of the origin movies it's uh actually structured more like a typical action sci-fi movie than a science fiction movie if you were to if you were to watch any any generic uh like science fantasy more than anything science fantasy movie where uh the the protagonist has superpowers or is enhanced in some way that's kind of what this would be that um it's not a it's not a uh spider-man homecoming definitely a superhero movie which is i love spider-man homecoming but there's no way to get around it being a superhero movie this one is not yeah that actually makes me more interested in it than less that, like that's good yeah it, it's really good that they do a lot of things with it just i mean it's an it's an action movie don't get me wrong but the things that they do with it are um one of the reviews i saw uh that was just kind of a snippet said that it was the most shakespearean marvel movie that had happened that had been created it was something like that and i could definitely see that there's a, a lot going on and there's a lot to unpack and there's a lot i mean there's a bunch of political commentary in here there are there are a lot of jokes and just snippy remarks that will slide right past you if you're not paying attention to stuff like that and that's great i mean they're they're well done it's not going to hit you over the head with anything it's not you're not going to go in and be like oh this is a political movie but if you're the kind of person like you or me who who keeps up with stuff like that with what's going on you you will see it and be like oh well handled black panther good job and uh pretty much everything about it is is great it's not perfect i mean it's still there are still a lot of issues and occasionally you look at it and be like okay that's why, why did they do that and i don't understand but for the most part man i loved black panther that i loved it way more than i thought i was going to and it was it was just 
I can't even like I had people around me talking. It was it was just great. We saw families taking pictures uh, outside as we went out. We were seeing families taking pictures outside the gigantic stand up of them. It was it was just everybody. It was having such a good time. People clapped when it was over, and like it was just a wonderful experience that that made me feel have the same feeling I did kind of when I saw Wonder Woman. It was a new kind of superhero movie a new take on it that i really hope pushes the genre forward cool no that's good i'm I'm really excited to get around to watching it i just don't know when it'll happen based on my current workload and work life at the moment um but you were watching the olympics too right yeah we've been we're crazy about the olympics and it's not and it's one of those things where we don't even think about it until they're here like it's not something that that we just like follow very much but we we love sitting and sharing it together that jennifer and i are are a couple who likes to do things together and uh, we share so many of the same interests that when we have something that we both really truly latch on to we want to experience that as a couple and so the olympics is something that we've always watched together and i don't even know how it happened but it's just kind of fun to settle in and watch these people doing things that there is no way we could ever do but something that is truly meaningful in these people's lives i've seen people comment about it like you know i don't understand why people are getting so excited about these grown adults going out and playing games and i'm like like I, I can I can see that, but they're like I'm like you like football, and uh, it, it's and there's nothing wrong with that. It uh, because those people put a lot of work into it, and that's kind of the way we feel about the Olympics. We like watching the artistry in it. We like seeing the athleticism and the smile on these people's faces whenever they come, you know, down from a skiing hill, uh, come off the hill, and uh, they know they've done a good job or something like that. It's just those kind of things where it's like a, a bright moment uh, right now where where there's no nasty politics there's no uh, there's no hatefulness or anything it's just there are people out there having a good time doing what they love and uh, so Jennifer and I really love watching stuff like that and you don't watch any Olympics do you I mean I have liked to watch them in the past but I've watched zero minutes this year because I'm just mm. too busy with other things yeah and have you played any overwatch not over in the last a really like long two time. weeks no no Okay. Well, they've put in a competitive capture of the flag. I saw that. Uh, mode. Yeah, I should try it, it, but I haven't yet. Like, I love it. That I love it because it's easy to jump into. That that there's a normal CTF and there's competitive CTF, and I like it because there's a time limit on these matches. Where um, there, I mean, an actual timer, not even just yeah. You, know, you get into overtime, you hit certain milestones. It's no you. Uh, you have like a seven to ten minute timer, and then you go into a sudden death where it is you're gonna score within like two minutes, and it's. It's so much fun. It's so different. It's kind of the way you felt about the the dungeony uh, PVE part. It's kind of how I feel about this, where this may be more my style of Overwatch. Um, the only thing I don't really like about it is that there are certain heroes that are just uh, 
there are certain heroes that are just made for it that you kind of have to have because there's a huge defense element to it that Symmetra and Torbjorn have to be in your team. Uh, things like that where turrets are almost necessary to defend so you can get back there if you're going to make a run on the flag. Mm. Yeah, I but, can see that. I can see it coming from the other side too where there's like movement-based heroes that you almost have to have. Yeah, Tracer is a real nightmare I on bet. it. Uh, yep. People people will play will like get mad if nobody is playing Lucio for the speed boost as you're running the flag. Uh, but I haven't seen anybody who is just straight up terrible at it. I mean, there are obviously going to be better heroes than uh, than others, but it's it's been a lot of fun playing it. And I like the competitive CTF better uh, more than for no other reason than you get competitive points. I like saving up for gold weapons. And so I'm at about 1900 toward my second weapon right now. And uh, I'm, I got suspended for eight hours on... Uh, CT on competitive CTF this morning and because it's a garbage system like I've told you I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast but my video card is kind of on its last legs right and I don't really want to pay cryptocurrency prices for a new video card and um, every once in a while overwatch will crash from it the application rendering just just uh, bonks out the client will crash I started up and rejoined my match even though it lets me rejoin my match, it counts as me leaving and me leaving the the match itself. So I get a knock a penalty against me for toward banning and suspension if I'm in a uh, if I'm in a competitive match. Oh, that sucks. It sucks. Even if I can get back in, uh, it counts toward it and uh, on a crash. And if I actually get banned, if it won't let me do it for any more of the season or however they end up doing uh, Capture the Flag, I will be contacting Blizzard support and uh, and really seeing if there's something that they can do about that because it is not uh, it's not fair for when you have hardware issues to uh, to be penalized for it. I mean, I know they have to do something because of people pulling the plug but if you rejoin the match it's one it's a something completely different like i've rejoined the match we won today and then i, I, I couldn't log go back into another competitive match for uh, eight hours oh that's frustrating yeah it's really frustrating it shouldn't let you rejoin it if if that was the case and uh, so it just just made me so mad it pissed me off i'm i'm really curious about your last thing on here though okay so today i got an email like i've been like doing random youtube vlogs things like that during uh, when i had the time uh, trying out video before i actually do a, a video podcast like i'm planning on and um I got my first real YouTube comment today. I did a thing where I was, I got a new pair of running shoes and it was the New Balance 860s. And I just wanted to do like a first impressions, like I'm excited uh, video, like look at these, these are neat, this is why I got them. And uh, so I did and I got a comment on it today from a guy that just said, show the shoes, not your mouth. <laughs> and it's so good I, like, it's such like a youtube like oh man oh i know right it was like i didn't even get mad so what i'm gonna do is i've decided because my personality uh is uh is what it is i'm gonna go get a take a the screenshot of the the episode like the the thumbnail and i'm gonna i'm gonna screen cap it and put it in photoshop and i'm gonna just take the shoe 
out of it. I'm going to crop the shoe out and then I'm going to size it down to where it is my mouth and uh, to show the shoe, not my mouth and just put it right there and be like, I don't, I don't know what good this will do you, but here you go, buddy. And, uh, and link it to him on like Imgur, Imgur, whatever it is. And, uh, if I get any negative comments like that, I'm just going to be the, be a smart aleck and uh, do that kind of thing to them. You have such a different personality than me. If I, I've thought about doing YouTube videos because I have a video background. I determined yeah. that if I ever did make a YouTube channel for myself, I would just turn off the comments just from day oh, really? one. I would never have the comments on because I don't need that. Like, that's not why I'm doing it. So it, it's funny to see your reaction, which is one of the reasons that I, I'm actually looking at instead of doing it on YouTube specifically as doing it more as a video podcast, because as we've learned doing this one, the community that comes out of a podcast is fantastic that just the people listening are are wonderful and we've never had people be all like you two are terrible um don't start you guys please and um <laughs> like, like please don't um but if you if you would rather see the shoes than my mouth i will totally understand i actually um, have a an extension in chrome that replaces youtube comments with relevant reddit threads that have linked to that youtube <laughs> video instead and <laughs> that's awesome it's probably one of my favorite extensions it improves the comments on youtube videos so much it's insane see and i don't read youtube comments for the most part like when i'm watching a video i may scroll through them uh but I don't like read conversations most of the time. So that that's a great one if you do. I can imagine that that just raises well, I don't, the... But usually like you'll see the top one or two just when they scroll onto your screen. And I just hate YouTube comments so much that I install this so I never have to see them ever. I just don't understand how... And this is a complete tangent that we can actually do a whole other show on, on what makes that kind of community so toxic. Like sometimes it can be... There can be this like wonderfully positive community and other times like YouTube and and some reddits are just vile and toxic and I, I don't understand what what facilitates that more than anything else i know yeah that's a whole nother topic but i completely agree um for my geekery this week so i finished artemis which i talked about last week on the episode yeah. and it's it's good like i still recommend it i finished that last 10 percent like right after i recorded that night and it was good i stand by what i said last week i probably don't need to say much more about it i played the final fantasy 15 pocket edition like i said i was going to because it well, for whatever reason didn't work on my phone so i loaded it up on my ipad and i gave it a shot the other night it is like oddly the same game and completely not the same game all at the same time like i it's I, I don't even know how to classify it in my head because you're hmm. playing it and it it's the same story and the same beats and like some of the same everything, but it's and the same so, voice acting. Yeah, it's just so not that game either. Um, so I mean, it has a simplified combat and simplified world exploration, but it's telling the same story. I mean, I don't I don't want to play it. Like if I'm gonna play Final Fantasy 15, I'm gonna go play it on my PlayStation 4 where it's a I don't want to say it's an actual game because this is an actual game, <laughs> but this is a derivative form of the game. It's it's strange. Like if you guys have an iOS device and you have beaten Final it's Fantasy on Android as well okay, or Android and you've beaten Final Fantasy 15 or even just played part of Final Fantasy 15. I really recommend going and grabbing this for free and just playing like 20 minutes of it because 
it's weird and more people should experience that weirdness of it. It is weird. I haven't gotten into the actual gameplay part because the the between everything else that's been going on and I've been doing, I had to download something. It had a major download that was uh, just taking forever for some reason on my phone. So I got through that initial intro area where... Uh, you know they're they're going through and i don't even want to spoil anything for it but with the fire and all of this and i get through all of that and it has to download stuff before i actually got to the gameplay so i saw the voices i heard the voices and saw the graphics and saw that they were doing even the same camera shots like it had the same the, the same uh uh ang- camera angles as the with as like the low ps4 poly, version chibi but, versions yeah. like i don't I don't understand. This game hurts my brain to try to play it because it's the same and it's so different at the same time. It's yep. weird. It's weird. Yeah, it is. It's weird. Even just from that one scene, it was weird because of the voice acting that for some reason, like Ignis and uh, uh, I can't remember his name, Prompto's voices didn't fit the chibis. No, this is almost like a demake of a game it's just odd um so again if you've played final fantasy 15 check it out but don't expect to play the whole thing i could see myself maybe someday on a plane if all my other devices are completely out of batteries i could come back to this one if that makes sense i could see myself if it were on the switch uh being something that uh that i would do and pull up occasionally and just play through lying back on the couch with the uh with the switch just undocked yeah i can't see it as one of those that i would uh do it on the on the tv yeah um so my main thing for the week was actually monster hunter because like i said i was pushing for those credits and i got to the credits so i feel extremely accomplished um i was just telling you before the episode that like i literally got my phone out this weekend and i typed out a whole text about like how proud i was of myself for like (laughs) pushing through this game and finally beating monster hunter world because like this is a challenging game and like i was feeling good about myself um especially with like how crazy work has been and life has been and it's like okay i finally beat this really tough game and then the second that my finger was over the send button i got a text from you that said that you just finished your like nine mile run with a bunch of pictures and i was like well i'm gonna delete that text and never send it to you because i was like my accomplishment is not the same as what you just sent so i talked to you about that instead which was funny yeah but and that makes me sad because that's not in no way does that diminish the accomplishment that you had of of doing that but anyway i beat monster hunter world and i'm very proud of myself despite not running nine miles um it's a good game, and seeing the credits roll was a very like good feeling accomplishment. There was there were a couple things between where I was last week and when I beat it. So there were the elder dragons. That was probably the main thing, and they were tough. They were like they they were tougher than the last boss. I thought like the last boss. Now I'm basically just farming it, even though I beat the game. I'm kind of trying to finish a couple armor sets, yeah. um, but I'm I'm just farming <laughs> the last boss, and. I don't want to go back and fight the Elder Dragons again because they're hard and they have really weird, not weird, but they have like um, these, dra- I think they're called like dragon auras or something. It's basically a big AOE thing around every one of them. Oh. So there's like a wind one, a fire one, and then the other one is just like a cloud of death type stuff that just hurts you. <laughs> it's just a 
like a dot it's just damage over time but it i don't know it was fun it was good it was a fun challenge it took me 55 hours to get to the credits oh man and i think right now i'm sitting at 60 hours played on the game because i played another five afterwards just for fun um i'm finally winding down on it like i I have two more pieces of armor that i'm kind of pushing for but i might just not Uh, i'm not sure i don't know we'll see Hmm. because it's still fun but i you know when i hit the credits that's kind of like the death knell of a game for me that's when the clock starts ticking it's like okay how much time am i really going to spend with this before i move on and i know it's not a lot so i'm yeah I'm right there right now and that that kind of makes me sad i mean i know that that's how i mean that's gaming that that's finding a really good game getting through it and and getting your the value out of well, it well it's not but for it's everybody, also sad it, it is for me but that's not how everybody approaches the game some people are looking for a game to stick with for months and years and this oh, yeah. could be that game for some people it's just not that game for me i mean after beating the game like and i was playing around just doing other stuff and so your hunter rank gets uncapped after you beat it so once okay once it went up to and it hit 29 i actually unlocked another story quest which isn't part of the main story but it's like oh here's the next thing to actually make progression and it's against two tempered I, I can never say the name. I think it's basil geese or something. I, I always think of them as Beetlejuice, just mentally. Beetlejuice. That as when you wrote it down, I'm like, I just say Beetlejuice yeah, every time. It's just the giant flying. Uh, what would it be? Acorn? Not acorn. Um, Squirrel? No. Albatross. Oh, I got it. They're the basically the giant flying pine cone monsters that shoot <laughs> mini pine cones at you that explode. <laughs> Those are the Beetlejuices, and. That's honestly that's the best description of them, and they look like pine cones that are flying for some reason. And there are two of them that are tempered, which means it's like not only is it high rank, but it's like a step above high rank is tempered monsters. So there's a quest to kill two of them at the same time, and they're both tempered. And I tried it, and I'm I don't know, I died a bunch, and I'm like, I think this is where I'm done with this game. Um, mm. That was really the final part. I, I did want to say, and I mentioned this last week, but I wanted to tell you that my favorite part of this game is that it has the best parts of raiding and not a whole lot of the worst parts of raiding. Like, it has a concentrated objective, there's no real trash mobs, there's only one boss, and every boss is its own encounter, just like we like in like Final Fantasy XIV. Right. Um, yeah. The groups are small, but they take coordination, so you can only go up to four people, but like it is so fun to coordinate with four people to take down a giant monster. Yeah, I mean, I think if you approach this game as just like, raid after raid encounter you could have a lot of fun with it i could totally see that yeah that's a good way of putting it so that was cool um so another thing that i did is i tried out super flight because it's been on my to try pile on steam whenever it fell low enough in price and it was on sale for like a dollar so i finally picked (laughs) it up and it's it's a very good palate cleanser game there's not a lot to it there's not a lot of meat on the bones of the game um, you are basically a guy that's falling. It's like skydiving, yeah. but you can like control him. You know, it's just WASDA movement essentially. Or I got out of control. Mm. That worked better with an analog stick. And if you fall near objects, you get points. So you huh. could just fall straight down and get zero points and never die. But really, what you want to do is get close to objects without actually running into them and dying. So it's all about uh, like skimming around objects while you're falling and flying, kind of skydiving through the air. It's it's very like low polygon, but it has some heart to it, and it's just a really really good palate cleanser between other things. It's pretty, 
like as you're talking, describing this, and it was really funny. I'm watching just the steam videos right now that as you're describing like skimming near objects, it just started getting points in the video that I'm watching for being close to a wall. And uh, it was like, that's that it, it's pretty and it looks like it would be a lot of fun to play. It is. It, it's really, really fun to play in like five to ten minute bursts. That's how I found it's perfect. Like you're not going to sit down with it. Well. It depends on the kind of person you are. You might sit down with this guy game for like six hours. But for me, I'm playing something and then I'm like, oh, I just want a palate cleanser before I do my next thing. Mm. I've been booting this game up in little tiny bursts and it's really fun for that. So Super Flight gets my recommendation for a dollar or whatever its full price is now that the sale's over. Two ninety nine sure. at the moment. I still give it my endorsement at three dollars. It's worth that amount of money. <laughs> um, and then the last thing that I, I fell down a, a YouTube hole. So... My brother had sent me a link, and my brother and I are notoriously, like, hit and miss for the YouTube links. Like, my brother and I get along well, but YouTube links is something that we just have a complete disconnect on. Like, we send things to each other, and it doesn't usually click with the other person, especially from him sending them to me. Like, I'll try to watch, and I just, I don't know. A lot of the things he likes, I just don't like in in the world Mm. of YouTube, right? Which is funny, because we agree on so many more things than that, but when it comes to YouTube... We just don't for whatever reason. We have totally different tastes. He finally sent me something that I went down a rabbit hole on and I lost literally my entire night to. And it was so interesting. So I have to bring it up. It is world record speedrun progression videos. Do you know what I mean by that? Uh, I do since I clicked the link that you put in our notes and I'm watching Donkey Kong 64 right now. <laughs> so it's about going back to the beginning of when a game just started having video evidence of it being speedrun and talking about like the first run that really had kind of a good path to it that has video huh. evidence and then from wow. there he talks about how the run changes over time and where they find time savings and when they do a massive wow. overhaul of a run, like what they change or what new tactics they've discovered or what new glitches they've discovered or movement types. And so each one is like somewhere in the, they tend to be like 15 to 30 minutes, but it really walks you through the entire history of a game being speed run. And it's funny because when you talk about the entire history, it usually only goes back to about 2003, 2004, when some of the earliest VHSs are out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so like the the long ago deep history of speedrunning is not that long ago. It's less than 20 years ago. It's like 15 years ago for the most part, um, which is weird that there's history there and it's super deep, but it's not that long ago. You know what I mean? Yeah, and this is really neat. Just, you know, skimming through this to see the history of it and how they change it. Because I know for for listeners, if you didn't know, in our archives, we have a speedrun uh, episode where we're talking about speedrunning in video games uh, because of games done quick over the summer. Or summer games done quick, I think. Is that what it's called? Uh, and, there's, uh, there's a couple different ones. There's awesome games done quick and then summer games done quick. Which is, it's the and, same group, but there's one in the winter and one in the summer. Uh, it was the summer one when we did this, and we were talking a lot about it. So you guys can go listen to our speedrun episode as well. And uh, one of the things that always gets me about speedrunning is just how you figure this stuff out. Just how you do it and the community behind it. So the fact that there are these almost mini documentaries, these docu-series about tracking it all down and putting it together is really neat. Well, and... It's interesting, too, because now I kind of understand what goes into it, because 
there'll be people who compete back and forth and then somebody finally finds like an optimum path that nobody can really out optimize and so then it becomes this race of people grinding the game where they just play the game over and over and over a lot of the time on stream now but it used to just be you know recording on your own like video on demand type thing and people just grind it over and over trying to get better at the execution even though the strategy has been figured out by that community of people together so you know people will rapidly trade first place as they just execute better and better over the course of months and then sometimes you'll suddenly get somebody who just nails the execution and the speedrun record won't change for years and years until a new exploit is found or some drastic strategy change happens that's just insane to me. The, the speedrun thing still amazes me that there's this community of people who are this good at video games. Yeah, and the, I mean, I, like I've always been interested. I know we talked about it for a whole episode, so we don't need to go super deep into why we're interested. But this is the first time where I felt like, oh, I understand this enough that maybe someday I could speedrun a game, which I've never oh, felt like that before. I don't know wow. what game it would be. But th- watching these for a night, like I probably put like five hours into watching these. Um, it really made nah. me feel like I could probably do this if I found the right game. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm uh, just you saying that I don't know what game it would be for you. I don't know. Either. There's That's so many the of them. That, I'm assuming it's a Mario game that that just knowing you, it would have to be a Mario game. But I would have even said a Zelda game. But but after your playthrough of it, no. Yeah. So I would recommend if you're going to check it out, um, there is a creator of these world record speedrun progression videos called Summoning Salt. And those are the ones that kind of sucked me down the rabbit hole. So if you look up Summoning Salt and then you look up, um, I would probably recommend the Super Mario Brothers one. So like the original Super Mario Brothers on NES, that one was really, really good. That's kind of what got me started down the whole path. There are also a couple other Mario ones. Um, so I can definitely highly recommend like the two that are for Mario 64. So there's a Mario 64 120 star run, which is basically 100%ing the game. And then it's not 100%ing, but it's 120 stars before you beat it. And then there's a Mario 64 one that is like glitches. So Hmm. doing it as fast as possible, no matter what, and being able to use glitches. And they got it down to a zero star run eventually. So wow, that one is super fascinating because you watch how it goes from a 70 star run, which is like kind of the developer's intention with the game is that you have to get 70 to get to, you know, Bowser Mm -hmm. at the end. Um, So it goes from a 70 star run down to a, I think it's a 30 star run. They figure out a way to do it. And then they find a new exploit later that lets it get down to 16. And then eventually they finally figure out a way to do it with zero. So just to see it evolve over time uh, is so fascinating. And it's insane. I've seen, I don't know if I've seen a zero star Mario run, Mario 64 run, but I've seen some just crazy exploit ones where they're bouncing through walls, jumping down, hitting just the exact right pixel on a slide as they go down. Like it's, it's insane. Yeah. So again, they're not super well produced. They're not badly produced. Don't get me wrong. But they're not like really well produced, high production value. They're not like no clip. No, but they're fascinating. They're just utterly, utterly fascinating. So again, check out Summoning Stalt if that sounds interesting to you at all. That's kind of it for this week. That's all my geekery. That's all your geekery, right? Yeah. 
I think that's all of mine. Cool. Uh, next week we'll be back with, we actually have a topic that we've been sitting on for like three weeks now because things keep coming up, but it's it's a good evergreen topic that you've been wanting to talk about for a while. So we'll be back with that yep. next week. Um, you can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. We're on Slack too, so go to slack.geek2geekcast.com for your invite and chat with this during your workday and remember like we said earlier we are part of a podcast network so go to geek2geekcast.com to see any of our other shows i blog at agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at grn mushroom that's green mushroom without the e's on twitter and i'm on twitter as at professor beige that's beige with two e's and i'm now vlogging at runningshoes.tv we've been void and beige with your geek to geek podcast that'll do it for this week see you next week geeks bye y'all Comics. Hey everyone, Rob here, your friendly neighborhood comic geek, inviting you to join me and my rotating cast of co-hosts each week on The Comic Box, where we tell you everything you need to know to become a world-class comic book geek. So join us for The Comic Box, each week, right here on the geek to geek Podcast Network. Hi everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie! Yes? Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice and download our podcast today. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek.